on some. Oh, we have. You know what? We'll have Doctor. Uh, doctor, come. You can read it because you do it in a nice uh, movie star voice, and then I can do the other part. You're not getting paid. Just, uh, <laughs> just read. Just read. Just read. A wicked tirade. In developing the quality of Shmir Salashan, one should constantly strive to strengthen his betoch and trust in Hashem. That's from the Shar Hatafuna, um, from the Sefer Shmir Salashan. All right, Hilchos Rechilas. Does anyone know why the air conditioning is off when it's 90 degrees outside? Gabi wanted to know. Gabi? Oh, I thought it was Gabi. All right, Gabi wanted to know. Yes, replied Sui in a loud voice. That could be heard throughout the large company office. The boss is trying to save money and doesn't care if we all pass out from heat exhaustion or dehydration. From different parts of the office, grumbling could be heard. The boss doesn't care about us. He probably had a private air conditioning unit for his own office. He doesn't care if everyone else is sweltering as long as he's comfortable. Sure, he wants to save money. His daughter's engaged and he needs to throw one of those $100,000 affairs. I guess he's going to pay for it by cutting expenditures at the office. Well, the next day, every employee found a note in his memo box. To my dear devoted workers, my deepest apologies for what happened yesterday with the air conditioning. I want you to know that I discovered the problem on Sunday and paid a repair company double the usual fee to come in on the weekend to fix the problem. However, a part was needed that had to be shipped from out of state. The part first arrived last night and the repairs were made during the night. Once again, my humble apologies. Tzvi's outburst, which angered his co-workers and left them with bad feelings toward their boss, was Rechilas. They should not have believed Tzvi's words, despite the fact that he said them publicly for all except his boss to hear. The fact that someone makes a forbidden statement in public does not give anyone the right to believe it. What if Tzvi was the company manager for the last 40 years, was the boss's first cousin, and therefore was certain that he would never get fired? Well, this would allow the scenario to be played off out differently. All right, here's the other scenario. Everyone was sweltering in the heat when the door to the boss's private office opened and the man himself stepped out. My, it's hot out here, he said, looking a bit embarrassed. What do you care, Tzvi shot back. As long as the air conditioner in your office is working, everything is fine. You treat your workers like slaves, and if one or two passes out from the heat exhaustion, it's no great loss. I told you a few days ago that something was wrong with the air conditioning, and you should call the service to come before it broke down in the midst of this heat wave. Well, you ignored my warning, and look what happens. The boss quickly returned to his office and closed the door. He didn't answer me, said Svi, turning to his co-workers, because everything I said is 100% true, and he knows it. The next morning, there was, n- there was a note inside every memo box. To my dear devoted workers, my deepest apologies for what happened yesterday with the air conditioning. It's true that Tzvi did bring the matter to my attention a few days ago. Tzvi is not aware that I did call the repair service as soon as he alerted me to the problem. The service, is infor- the service informed me that with the onset of the heat wave, 
They were overloaded with repair requests and could not get to our facility until tomorrow at the earliest. I offered to pay twice the usual fee if they would come right away, but they said that the money was not the issue. They simply did not have the manpower. Um, continue on page 256. Uh, 256. <laughs> Continued from page 209. I want you to know that I felt very guilty having my office air conditioner running while all of you were sweltering. I do not like publicizing my personal situation, but trust me, that my current state of health makes it dangerous for me to be exposed to heat for too long. Once again, my deepest apologies. The fact that Svi's tirade was uttered in the boss's presence and the boss did not respond did not give anyone the right to believe it. The boss was probably too embarrassed. The Chavitz Chaim points out that we are not permitted to believe Rachilis even when the speaker is relating it for our benefit so that we can protect ourselves from future harm, and therefore is not sinning by relating it, assuming that his report is accurate. We're permitted only to investigate the matter and take precautions on the chance that it might be true. In our example, Tzvi's tirade was clearly forbidden by halacha. Nothing was to be accomplished other than to get everyone angry at the boss. Tzvi did something sinful, and certainly his words should not be believed. He should be fired. Yeah, brother-in-law or not. It's like insubordination. And Rachilis, together again. We'll do, we'll do one more thing here, and then we'll uh, do a cliffhanger who killed JR tomorrow. So Okay, I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 don't lose this place. I did lose the place. You lost it, thank you, brother. All right, let's, I, give me this one. I can go backwards. Okay, it, was, okay. it was day 97. Okay. It was day 97. Wait, wait, I'm going to give you another one. 97, right? I'm give you another one. Here. It was, it was nine, me? Yeah, because you, you sound like National oh, Geographic. Yeah, okay. Give me another one. Halacha matters, Rabbi Tzvi Nachman. Welcome to Tractor Trouble. Asher owns a house on a three-acre plot of land in upstate New York, which he usually only uses in the summers. Due to the considerable size of his property, Asher bought a ride-on tractor so that he could more easily mow his land. One morning in early June, Asher drove up to the house for the first time in nearly six months only to discover that his tractor is in a different spot from where he had left it at the end of the last season. Asher decided to ask his neighbor, Gershon, if he could shed any light on the tractor's new location. Gershon explained that on occasion he would borrow Asher's tractor to mow Gershon's own land, and then he would refuel the tractor, cl clean it, change the oil, and return the tractor to Asher's property. Asher was upset and wants to know if he can charge Gershon for using the tractor. Are there any halachic grounds to permit this? Huh? Yes. Yeah. The Gomorrah in Babakama discusses a case in which a man robbed another of an item. The robber then used the stolen item for his own personal use and then returned the item to the owner in the same condition as when it was stolen. Do we have any lawyers here? Is this conversion? He has no liability. The, the Gomorrah concluded that as long as the robber returned his stolen item in the same condition as when it was stolen, the robber is exempt from any further monetary payment based on his having used the stolen article. 
However, the Gomorrah also discusses a case in which a man robbed another of a pair of oxen. He used the animals to plow and sow his own field and then returned the oxen to the original owner. This second case came before Rav Nachman, who ruled that this robber also owed a portion of the enhanced value of the field to the owner of the oxen. Rava questioned this ruling of Rav Nachman since our standard rule is that a robber pays only the value of the stolen merchandise as measured at the time of the robbery. As such, why did Rav Nachman award the excess amount? Rav Nachman explained that this particular person happened to be a habitual robber, and therefore Rav Nachman felt that a stronger penalty was warranted in that particular case. The Gomorrah explains that when someone steals movable property, metaltalim, the robber acquires the property, even though he's required to return it, or in some cases return its value. As such, since the object is owned by the robber once it is stolen, any use of the object by the robber is not subject to any rental charges. In addition, he's not required to pay the original owner for any benefits he received from the article because the robber is technically using his own object. The Shulchan Aruch rules in accordance with Rav Nachman, stating that even though the robber has violated the Avera of stealing, he's not required to pay the owner for having benefited from the use of the stolen animal so long as the object is returned without loss to the owner. Wear and tear, extra mileage on the tractor. Yeah. And you can buy it on the accident. Yeah. Why would you get off scot-free? Yeah. I mean, I don't... However, oh, it goes on. So that's going to be the cliffhanger. Page 12 is the cliffhanger. Page 12 and 13. Huh? All right. However, tracking the idea raised by Rav Nachman, the Shulchan Aura qualifies his ruling by stating that if the thief robs repeatedly, then the thief would be responsible to recompense the owner for the benefit the thief gets from the use of the animals. There you go. The SMA, S-M-A, Sefer Meris Enayim, SMA, and others point out that this type of penalty may be imposed on a case-by-case basis, but only by the Godel Hadar or a Basedin made up of the top rabbinic authority of the city. What is the rationale behind this? Perhaps one who blatantly rejects society's rules, such as a habitual thief, must pay for having benefited from the use of an article that he acquired illegally. And so Rav Nachman held that one should impose a penalty on such a person and make him pay for having benefited benefited from the object he stole. Conclusion. Here it is. If Gershon borrowed the tractor on a one-off basis then he would not owe any compensation to Asher for benefiting from the use of the tractor, since Gershon would be only required to return the tractor in the same condition as he stole it. However, if Gershon does this, if Gershon repeatedly does this, then with the permission of a qualified robber based in from his city, Asher should be able to charge Gershon for the benefits Gershon derived from the use of Asher's tractor, even though Asher did not incur any material loss as a result of Gershon's use of the tractor. Addendum. We see that sometimes the halacha will treat a habitual offender differently than someone who commits a crime on a one-off basis. This is true under secular law as well. For example, the state of Louisiana has taken the foregoing concept with respect to a habitual offender to a new level. The state has a criminal statute on its book that imposes 
Harsher liability for a habitual law offender, while in theory, this seems to be a logical approach, this has resulted at least in one case in extreme overpunishment. For example, in one reported case under this statute, a man who was a habitual offender was sentenced to life imprisonment for stealing a pair of hedge clippers. Okay. Would it be better if these harsh judgments were imposed only by courts on a case-by-case basis rather than a statute or generalized basis, which leaves you these following questions to consider. Would the conclusion above be different if Gershon did not refuel and service Osher's tractor after using it? What if the tractor became damaged while Gershon was using it? Would it matter if such damage constituted normal wear and tear versus special damage to Gershon's negligence? Ah, okay. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.